The healthcare industry has undergone transformational change in the past 10 years, especially as it relates to the implementation of technology. Even so, there's much more to do and many companies are out there doing it, but you don't know about them. At Intrepid Healthcare, our podcast will bring you the crazy ones, the rebels, the troublemakers, the ones who see things differently. The people that are crazy enough to think they can change the world in healthcare. So sit tight and enjoy as we tell the story of another thought-leading trailblazer. Welcome back to Intrepid Healthcare. I'm your host, Joe Lavelle, and I'm really looking forward to this conversation about a healthcare company that is on a mission to create a better experience in healthcare for everyone. We're going to get right to it today. We're joined by Travis Bond, founder and CEO of CareSync. Travis, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, and good morning. Well, thank you so much for making the time today. Before we begin our discussion, Travis, could you take a few seconds and tell the audience about you and your background? Yeah, well, my name is Travis Bond. I'm the founder and CEO of CareSync. And about four years ago, I put back together a team that I had worked with before at Bond Technologies, where back in 2002 and 2003, we created the first browser-based EMR. The company later sold to Eclipsis, which then merged with Allscripts, and enjoyed the success of really bringing medical health records into the cloud. About four years ago, though, a couple of accidents and incidents, if you will, to some friends of mine happened where professionals in our area really needed to be engaged caregivers. And we really recognized that when you think about it, patients and their families really are highly underutilized, not only as historians, but also educated components of the ecosystem. When you really think about it, you could get a horrible diagnosis and not even be so much as afforded a pencil and a piece of paper to really write things down that are happening in the exam room. And we found that about 90% of people actually forget what happened within an exam room by the time they actually get to their car. So we really felt like perhaps what we did for ambulatory doctors with mobile technology, we really now could do with a piece of collaborative technology. And so four years ago, I hired a bunch of the people back from now that worked at Allscripts and joined what is now known as CareSync. And for the last several years, we've been delivering online collaborative tools and services to allow patients and their caregivers to really collaborate and integrate with physicians and their staffs to really better manage their care. Uh, great overview. Tell us a little more about CareSync. How do you go to market? Who are your customers? Do you sell direct to the consumer or to providers? That is a great question. Actually, it's kind of pivoted a little bit over the last couple of years because when you really look at what CareSync is, it really is a technology-enabled services platform which provides chronic care management services to people. What happened at the beginning of this year, though, is that Medicare created a new program, one that really was incentivizing primary care to get more into and involved in delivering consistent care to those who had chronic conditions. And so what we did is we focused more from what was traditionally a business-to-consumer product and service to now more serving physicians as their virtual or augmented nursing staff to provide a chronic care management platform and service, one that's consistent with the new code that was created on January 1st of this year. Tell us a little more about that new code and what you've really done to make it usable for physicians. 
Well, on January 1st, CMS created a new ENM code, and what's important is that ENM code really is ones that are designed to be used by physicians, and this code, specifically 99490, created a substantial program, one that really, when you look at the math, created a $17 billion new addressable market. And what this is primarily intended to do is to allow physicians to create 20 minutes of non-face-to-face care coordinating effort every month. And what this does is it really goes and supports what CMS is trying to do. And what they're trying to do is to really get the healthcare model as a whole to move into more of a value-based system versus just fee-for-service. And one of the things that really intrigued us about this code was is it really was consistent along the same types of efforts that Medicare went to when they created the patient-centered buckle home or the ACOs or the medical shared saving plans. What they were really trying to do is to get physicians to coordinate with other physicians to be more economic and efficient when delivering healthcare resources to those who had legitimate issues. And what was very interesting and telling with this code was what Medicare said in the Federal Register just before they went on to explain the things that one needed. And they said, and I'm quoting from directly from the Federal Register, they said, we are committed to supporting primary care. And we have increasingly recognized care management as one of the critical components of primary care that contribute to better health for individuals while also reducing the expenditure growth. And that comes straight out the Federal Register, as I had said. The interesting thing is, is that this really is an effort to encourage primary care to be more involved in a value-based relationship. That really is what we tried to do years ago, is that we tried to mobilize this communication that really was happening with people that had issues, meaning that they had healthcare things beyond just managing health, they're now managing disease, and when you manage disease, you have many providers, and when you have many providers, we all know that healthcare is very fragmented and doctors do not have a tendency to speak with one another. So this new code really creates a lot of the incentive for providers to say, look, I can now monetize that sort of ether area that exists when the patient is not at the point of care, and they're now between other providers and they're in between my own visits, that's just really a lot of black space. And so now we have some programs that allow us to monitor those people, help to continue to keep them on track. And this really is designed, I think, to segue us into the value-based healthcare system that Medicare really wants to get into play starting really hard in 2018. Travis, we've had many guests the last six months talk about this transition from fee-to-service and value to value-based, and they're really preparing lots of tools to make it easy for patients and providers. What's this going to mean for patients, the transition from fee-for-service, and how are you preparing at CareSync to help the patients? Well, I think the first part is is that we're really sort of, when you look at all the verticals in our economy, healthcare really is that sort of last city on the hill that really has not been influenced in a way that as consumers sort of end up changing in industry. One of the ones that is used uh, quite frequently is Amazon and Uber, how they've really empowered the consumer through a combination of technology as well as just uh, a seemingly position of being more consumer-friendly than what some of perhaps the other deliveries of goods and services have. And well, in healthcare, you really think about what we have is that we really have an environment that does not really make us feel like 
that we're engaged in and we have really say. We go into an exam room that by nature is largely sterile and small. And in that environment, we have been raised through generations by our mothers and others who told us to sort of be quiet, sit in the corner, and the doctor knows best. The problem is, is that this has really put a stranglehold on information. Really, the doctor is looking through a small keyhole into what really the patient is in terms of behavior, perhaps things that would be signs and tells if there would be a better interview process. And so the consumer is really restricted into being really sort of a, a kind of a redacted report of who you are from a, from a health perspective in which your history has been. As a result, the system has kind of worked its magic through fee-for-service. I will take care of you for a matter of minutes. I will then be paid for those minutes, and then you're on your own. And what we really see is that that's not a consumer-friendly model. And so I think a lot of the companies over the last decade have really tried to say, where is it that we can sort of poke the system for change and that we can sort of wake up the sleeping giant of healthcare because that giant really is the patient. We really are ones that are part of the transaction, yet we really don't understand it. And typically we've seen this in the, the payment method as a whole. We don't understand what an explanation of benefit is. We've seen sweeping changes in the underlying insurance program of how we are all paying into the system, whether it's Medicare or whether it's just straight commercial or healthcare exchange insurance programs, they don't really lend themselves for us to have been empowered consumers, but those things are now changing. And one of the things that we've seen is that the higher deductibles have pushed consumers to be more mindful. It's what I call sort of the two-step buying process. One is, is that we pay into a system in terms of a premium. But now we do it again with these high deductibles, and this sort of second phase of the spend makes us a little bit more cognizant that these are dollars that we need to sort of maximize. And one of the things that we had seen at CareSync for many years is that giving people access to their medical records helped them to be more of an informed consumer. Well, this is exactly what chronic care management does as well, is that it amasses or aggregates all that data into one place where the consumer now has access to it. Now they get to go back to that sterile exam room more informed about things that have happened in terms of the interpretation plan of other providers, as well as a better understanding of their own recent healthcare experience because they had a place to record it and they had a place for others to collaborate around it. And these sort of tools are all coming into place, I think, to really wake up the sleeping consumer giant in the healthcare equation. And I think the last, this code, the CCM code, chronic care management, really now will put fuel to the fact that it's going to create and gather a lot of data. And with this data, providers will start to see what others are doing outside of their own offices and be able to really utilize their training better to deliver better care overall. Outstanding. With that... Intrepid Healthcare will return with our guest, Travis Bond, after this quick break. We'll be right back. CTG Health Solutions is proud to have been your trusted advisor for healthcare IT consulting services for over 25 years. In that time, CTG Health Solutions has provided healthcare strategic, technical, and operational consulting support to more than 600 healthcare provider and payer organizations. CTG Health Solutions satisfied clients are supported by some of the most talented healthcare consultants who have chosen CTG Health Solutions as their work home in large part due to the company's outstanding culture. As they say, the proof is in the pudding. CTG Health Solutions was named a Modern Healthcare Best Places to Work company again last year. 
Find out more about CTG Health Solutions and their world-class culture by liking them on Facebook or stopping by their website at www.ctghs.com. And we are back with Travis Bond, founder and CEO of CareSync. Travis, on our show recently, we've had several telemedicine vendors, which has been very exciting for me. I've been involved in telemedicine for over 25 years and heard this is the year, this is the year. And I think telemedicine has finally reached that tipping point. How will chronic care management be impacted by telemedicine? Telemedicine has increased the role as a patient, as, as a consumer. Typically, it takes about 10 years for any new trend or societal change to actually take place. And I think we are inside of that 10-year window. When I think about what electronic medical records try to do over the last couple of decades, they really try to help to mechanize the workflows that are often very repeatable and follow familiar algorithms. And those of us that sort of looked at healthcare through a technology lens knew that instinctually, healthcare really needed more an IT presence. And I think that that certainly was helped with our when the government would now actually buy electronic medical records for physicians and hospitals to sort of really technologically uplift to get everything into an environment where it really can be measured and improved as with any other technology in other sectors. I think that sort of these tele-evangelists, if you will, in telemedicine have really kind of seen the same thing that we saw in the electronic medical record space. They recognize that really to some degree a lot of healthcare is a commodity, meaning that it's not so specific that it's going to save your life at this moment, but that there are things within science <clears throat> that can alleviate the symptoms of a disease or treat a person that had an episodic event with healthcare, and that that can be done in such a way that it's sort of Amazon. It is delivered to your doorstep when and when you need it, and, and this sort of telemedicine exchange really does, I think, uh, provide a better avenue for a lot of these episodic events that we really don't need to be calling sick from a day of work to go away into an exam room, that we don't really need to go to an emergency room because it's outside normal business hours. But what we've seen, I think, in part of some of my earlier comments is that the increased deductibles are creating this sort of twice-you-buy healthcare cycle. And so now let's say that you now have a plan in place, but now you have this first $5,000. Well, a lot of that can be done in this sort of economic layer of telemedicine. What I think is interesting, though, is that it's just one other sort of notching up in terms of waking up the healthcare giant, meaning the consumer. And I think that it runs tandem with what CCM is doing because we see here that we give a lot of attention to the consumer in between patient, or in between patient visits and in between other providers. This really supports what telemedicine is trying to do, and that is give you a good experience give you the tools of the trade in terms of be able to prescribe and to be able to educate regard to what disease is doing. We're doing the same thing, which is coordinating that information. So I think the two programs are really part of the changing landscape that is saying, look, you, the consumer, when you are sick, don't really need to leave your brain or your pocketbook somehow to the mercy of others, but you really can take both of those with you into really remain engaged as you would be in any other economic situation like to buy a car or a home. So I think they both complement one another. Absolutely. One classical use case for telemedicine is in rural health. 
How is chronic care management expanding to rural health clinics and federally qualified health centers? You know, it's really exciting. Back in July, we had seen that the proposed rules that would then be vetted out and then finalized in November for a 2016 payment schedule and rules, that they said, they meaning CMS, that they were proposing that they expand chronic care management as the code into rural and FQHC centers. The nice thing about this is that these are really those areas where if you go back many, many years and you would see the cell phone coverage of the United States and you saw these big, giant red heat maps around all the great cities to where your cell phones would work. But we all knew that if you went to Arkansas or North Dakota or Nebraska or just even some rural areas within major states, your cell phone didn't work. Well, this code, the 99490, was designed to work in the metropolitan areas across the United States. In 2016, based upon what they proposed, and I think that it will probably pass in its entirety, the rural and FQHC clinics, which really serve over 20 million underserved markets in terms of population, will now be able to take advantage of the code. This, again, I think will also help to give economic means in terms of telemedicine because these areas also, just from the shared geography, in some instances, you could be three or four hours away from, from actually seeing a specialist. And so I think that this provides that connected tissue, not just between large cities and small cities that telemedicine does, but now also between visits, where there's now someone perhaps in a major city, or now in this case, for this code, or actually in those local small clinics, be able to derive new revenue from being able to create an infrastructure that talks to the patient when they're not in the office. And so I'm very encouraged to see that rural and FQHCs, which are those that are the most underserved economically in delivering care, will now have a way to share in some of the proceeds that are spent in the healthcare dollar into these rural environments. Using CCM is one of those new programs. Outstanding. You know, when we're making progress like this in the healthcare system or in any part of government, you have people on both sides either being critics or pundits. Is Medicare playing Robin Hood here for primary care, or are those critics saying that just off base? You know, what I think is really funny is that we often see a lot of political agendas and programs play out themselves in, in live TV, and it makes for great debate and sometimes humorous television viewing. But when you really look at the economics behind what CMS is trying to do, they're really trying to say this is that the beast of healthcare is engorging itself on the economic fruits of all of U.S. citizens. We spend $9,000 for every living soul in the United States to deliver healthcare. Our European partners spend in the 3,000s, a lot less than half, yet we're only 36th in life expectancy in the world. And what you really see is that if you take out the different Medicare programs, they're advised in parts A, B, C, and D. In A and D, go to hospitals and medications, respectively. These two areas really gobble up a lot of the resources. And what Medicare has said is like, look, let's shift some of these dollars back to the most grunts or pawns, if you will, on the chessboard of healthcare, the ones that don't necessarily have all the gravitas of a hospital system or a specialist surgeon. But if we'll give some of this money to primary care, what we'll really do is we're going to make up this from savings by giving them more of a financial incentive to manage and maintain the health of that person in primary care, which really 
is, from a Robin Hood analogy, sort of the peasants, right? They're the ones that are sort of doing it for reasons that are not arguably financial, but more for the love of their heart and delivering the intrinsic reward of care. When you look at it from CMS's perspective, I think they're very much playing Robin Hood. They're saying, look, the hospitals are taking a ton, medications are taking a ton, and if individuals would just have their health care better coordinated, they would need less admissions in the hospitals and less medications. As a result, I don't think they're spending more money, they meaning CMS. I actually think they're cleverly spending less because they're going to give it more to the farmers out there and less to the castles. And I think they're, they're playing a lot in it. What a great answer. Tell us what's next for CareSync. What can we expect in the next 6 to 12 months? Well, I think that is a really interesting question. One is I think that you're going to see a tremendous amount of growth. We, as an organization, literally have doubled every month since January. Wow. Um, we are under explosive growth and expect that we'll continue to see this grow. And, and what this is, is it really is that healthcare practices don't have the structure, the staffing, et cetera, to really create and maintain a chronic care management program. We do. And we will continue to invest in that. And in a couple of areas where you'll see significant growth in CareSync, one is, is that we're getting ready to create our design to release a third generation of CareSync in 2016. This will be far more focused around the patient as a consumer as it relates to care plans, as it relates to ways to fundamentally manage as a group specific healthcare treatment plans that were prescribed by doctors. That's one. And two, you're going to see us to continue to really reinforce internal and external education from our nursing staff. We currently have our own nursing college inside CareSync. We're actually able to, to take people and create nurses out of them and license them under the state of Florida. We'll continue to expand on how we really interact with patients and their families as well as our providers month over month over month, meaning that I think that you will see CareSync as being a meaningful clinical coordinating brand that really is the connective tissue specifically between provider visits and other providers, and it really helps to go with what others are doing and empower the consumer and their family in healthcare and making them feel confident and not cowardice. And that's what I think you'll start to see more and more from us. Oh, I wish you great luck on that. It will be a great service to healthcare and to the to the country, indeed. Travis, we're running out of time here, but before I let you go, where can people go to learn more about CareSync? I would love to encourage them to visit our website, which is caresync.com, C-A-R-E-S-Y-N-C.com. Great. That was Travis Bond, founder and CEO at CareSync. Travis, it was a great pleasure to have you. Thanks for stopping by and joining us today. Thank you very much again. All right. That wraps this broadcast. On behalf of our guest, Travis Bond, I'm Joe Lavelle, and we'll see you soon on Intrepid Healthcare. Mm-hmm.